Credit Card, brought to you by Bank of Ireland in partnership with Aer Lingus. Whether you're buying your weekly basics or splurging on a special gift, with Air Credit Card, you'll collect Avios and unlock even more rewards. The only credit card in Ireland that gives you travel rewards as you spend. Sign up now by searching Bank of Ireland Air Credit Card and go from tap to takeoff. Bank of Ireland, begin. Over 18s only. Acceptance criteria, lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Subject to a monthly fee of €7.99 and annual government stamp duty of €30. Euro. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Oh, come in. Morning, boss. Oh, hi, Ted. Yikes. I haven't seen someone that disappointed to see me since I wore a red baseball cap to a Planned Parenthood fundraiser. Sorry, Ted. You're right. I, I was just hoping you were Keely. That's okay. I wish I was Keely three, four times a day. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Let me guess, you got a fever for the flavor little girl talk, don't you? Well, shoot, why don't you let me take a crack at it? Really? Yeah, why not? Oh. Okay, what the hell? Uh, so this um, chap I've been seeing, John. Stamos? No, his name's John Wingsnight, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, no, hold on a second. His name's John Wingsnight? Yes. Like at a sports bar, like Monday night's Wingsnight down at PJ Flats, like that? Ted, would you please stop? Rule number one, even though it's called girl talk, sometimes it needs to be more like girl, listen. There you go. That's uh, Ted Lasso there. Uh, new episodes of season two streaming every Friday on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. Afternoon, James. Good afternoon. Uh, you were a fan of this, I think, the first time it came out. I was a delayed fan, yeah. I got to it later than many other people. Um, I, I would I would say it is probably the, the best of Apple TV's output, certainly. It is, it's, okay. it's, it's very funny, it's very charming, and it's very likeable. But it just took me a while to get around to it because uh, Apple TV Plus is, as yet still a bit uninviting you're kind of mm. you know they're, they're, they don't have that big meal ticket item yet uh, and I don't think this is going to be it in, in perpetuity they eventually have big sci-fi shows coming but for the moment this is their critical darling and their awards darling as well because it won their very first acting award anyway Jason Sudeikis won the Golden Globe back in February or whenever they were and it has been nominated for 20 Emmys so it's, Wow okay that's impressive It's doing very very well and it's it's it kind of a, it's set in England. Yeah. Despite his, you know. Yes, I mean, that's so the genesis of the character Ted Lasso is um, NBC in the US was was broadcasting like premiership football and they got Jason Sudeikis, who was on SNL at the time, but is like a comedic actor in his own right, has been in a couple of movies and sitcoms, etc. And they got him to create this character of like a, a an American football coach who is brought over to actually coached Tottenham Hotspurs and it was like a four minute long kind of skit a bit like an SNL mm. skit in and of itself but it was an ad for the Premiership TV on in on US TV and they uh, between him and uh, coach uh, the other coach uh, Coach Beard who was played by Brendan Hunt and then Bill Lawrence who was the writer and creator of Scrubs they cobbled together this idea for a sitcom that takes that essential premise, taking this uh, kind of good-natured, sweet, all-American, southern football coach and transporting him over to the UK where he is 
now coaching this team. And in the first season, they're kind of like a, a legacy team of of legacy success, but kind of middle of the road in the Premiership in the first season. And he's brought in because the woman who we heard there, who's played by Hannah Waddingham, who people would recognise as the bell ringing chrome shouting shame, shame, shame from, from Game of Thrones. Uh, she has split with her husband and wants to destroy the team, which I believe someone has said is the, the uh, plot to like uh, a couple of 80s movies about <laughs> baseball teams. And the funny thing about it is, so uh, it's not really a sporting sitcom. It's more a workplace sitcom. It's kind of actually how I would describe it because yeah. it's about this fish out of water Ted, who uh, is incredibly good natured and sees every glass half full and will, you know, come out with obscure cultural references, but like then espousing chicken soup for the soul at all times. He comes into this middle of the road British team where everyone is a bit angry and grumpy and not getting on and wins them over with his constant positive attitude. And that's very, very charming to watch. There's also then numerous subplots about Ted not being quite as happy as he's putting forward, right? And I don't know if we quite needed them, to be honest with Mm. you. Like, I think, like, I, I don't necessarily think the drama of him actually being a little bit depressed and miserable sometimes adds anything to it, right? Mm. Because it's actually just very charming to see the interplay of everybody involved because it is this fish out of water thing where he's drinking tea and he doesn't understand why people drink tea because tea is horrible, right? (laughs) And uh, then you have the whole, you know, cast of characters involving the team. So you have, uh, it's particularly in the first season, competition between two of the players, uh, Jamie Tate, who's this young Mancunian, uh, like, hotshot, but also kind of obnoxious footballer with a, you know, wow on his arm and he's cheating on her etc etc and then um, Brett Goldstein who also writes he, I think he actually started off in the writer's room of the show and then they liked him so much that they promoted him to one of the starring supporting roles he plays Roy Kent uh, who is very clearly based on Roy Keane because <laughs> he's this hard as iron midfielder captain take no prisoners on and off the pitch who is cursing his way throughout the show and actually the, the other clip that I was considering was one where he does, does a litany of profanity but I'm not that adept at putting every beef <laughs> yeah. in the right place. So all in all everyone involved is good and enjoying it and having fun. The jokes like I have to admit I can't say that this is appointment television I don't know if it is unmissable mm. but certainly it is it's 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 very likable I I just don't think it's incredible I I'm not as enamored to it as other people seem to be I see people rhapsodizing about it on on online on on social media it hasn't gotten me there yet but I enjoyed every single episode I, okay. I and I and I will happily watch every one to come Yeah, right. Our next show is Masters of the Universe Revelation, the first half of season one now streaming on Netflix. Here's a clip. Where are we? This is the heart of the castle, where the Council of Elders buried the secrets of Greyskull. All the magic that flows through Eternia starts here. And it's going to be all mine. Let this be our final battle. Right. Sounds crap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Yeah. Is it just like the 1980s? It sounds just like the 1980s one. Or, or... Yes and no, right? So a couple of years ago, um, Netflix announced that Kevin Smith of Clerks and Dogma mm. and various other kind of 90s and early 2000s movies famed, but he also writes a lot of comic books in his own right as well, that he was going to take on He-Man and uh, I think her name is Noelle. No, I can't remember her surname, but anyway, Noelle something was going to take on She-Ra and they were going to make two different animated shows and She-Ra has run its course. It's come to its end. I liked it. Uh, I mean, it's very much for teenagers and young people, but it's sweet and charming and it moves the story along a lot. This, um, I was a bit unsure of because I didn't watch He-Man. It kind of just predates me a little bit. I was more Thundercats era. Okay. And... and, um, uh, He-Man I mean I, it definitely has its purest fans and people who who adore it but I think it would be critically acknowledged as a piece of rubbish that you know hmm. bad animation bad storytelling terrible puns and just like the same thing happening over and over and over again anyway Kevin Smith signed on and he decided he says he wants to move the show along and he has created Masters of the Universe Revelation and the revelation is that everything is not quite as it seems and this is a direct sequel to the He-Man franchise that pre-existed so it takes all of those characters but it takes this there's only five episodes in this first half of the season at the end of the first one it takes quite a bold narrative step that I can't give away because it would be a huge spoiler but let's just say it really uh, moves things along and brings forward secondary characters that I I think particularly in the original run were just a footnote or like a female voice kind of thing. Now this has not been well received by the uh, He-Man purists out there who have been, I I, I read uh, the exact term is critic bombing or some or review bombing it on mm. Rotten Tomatoes where it has only got a 25% uh, Ooh, approval ouch. rating from the audience. Mm. But I will say uh, if you like are nostalgic for Saturday morning cartoons you'll find plenty here. There, it has a really good voice cast, right? Uh, well, I don't know who Chris Wood is who is Prince Adam or He-Man, but Mar- Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker was hamming it up there as Skeletor. You have Liam Cunningham of this parish, Sarah yeah. Michelle Gellar who was Buffy, Lena Headey who was Cersei in... Game of Thrones. Griffin Dunn is a very well-known American comedian. Alicia Silverstone. Like, it has big names involved in it. I would say for me, I didn't find anything particularly uh, novel or fresh about the material insofar as, you know, so there's these five episodes, they go on these little missions, they have these sort of bouts and fights with people. I didn't think any of them was particularly interesting or new or novel, but not boring either, right? It was just fairly straight-laced, cartoony stuff. But then it really got me thinking, who's this for, right? Because, mm. you know, is it for children uh, who would have been the, you know, the, the toy buying age of He-Man viewers in the 80s? Sure. But then at times it's a little bit too violent for, for I think, uh, young children to be watching. And it gets a bit stabby at certain points, which I definitely think you don't want your younger viewers mm. to be watching. At the same time, it's quite it's not quite adult enough yet to be adult. There's a little bit of violence, but the humour is fairly puerile and silly. The jokes are all fairly straight laced. It does do some good jobs at developing its characters in a way that the old cartoon almost certainly did not at all. But for me, I would actually say it's a pass and I don't know Mm. if I'll go to the next five episodes when they come out. Right, finally, and never has the phrase (laughs) jump the shark been more appropriate. Uh, This is Sexy Beast. All episodes of season one now streaming on Netflix. Here's a clip. Say hello to Carousel from New Jersey, a pageant girl and party motivator. Yes, you've heard that right. And yes, it is the greatest job ever. But if life's a party, 
what are you doing here? Let's face it, we're all super shallow. And I have a problem where I'm like, ooh, that guy's really hot. I wonder if I can make him fall in love with me. But I feel like if I could really bond with someone's personality, their sense of humor, that could actually be something that sticks because I'm clearly doing this whole dating thing all wrong. Well, you've come to the right place. All you've got to work with is personality. I actually went to a psychic and she said, when you're 24, around November, you are gonna meet the love of your life overseas. I'm 24, it is November, and I'm in England. Kinda sounds like fate if you ask me. She didn't mention the big old panda head though, no? Leaving that out seems odd. She could stop shouting. Uh, that would be it. Would be my tip. Uh, right. Okay. I, 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 we leave aside what the hell. How can party motivator be a job? Uh, so essentially, these people are wearing prosthetic heads. Yes. So it's a bit like um, either a villain from Buffy in the mid nineties, mm -hmm. like they, where they do these sort of devil or witchy kind of, or alien ones, yeah. or it's a bit like seeing you know. <laughs> Bojack Horseman come to life where these animal, <laughs> animals are talking to each other and I will say credit to the prosthetics team all of the costumes are very well realised okay. and they, they last the test of them doing various things such as you know having a date opposite a drink or also riding a roller coaster or doing ice sculpting or any of these things okay. and occasionally they even uh, they you know there's some kissing involved as well despite these pr prostheses on their faces <laughs> This is, I mean, this is absolutely not worth anybody's time at all. If you've seen the trailer, that is all you have need to see for this. It actually began on BBC Three in 2014 as a one like season dating show there. And if it didn't take off in 2014, I'm not quite sure why Netflix is bringing it back now. Mm. But uh, the, ultimately, the premise of it is completely nonsense, right? Because they say it's this great social experiment where we're removing the physical aspect from dating and it is just going to be you know, personality, personality, personality. And then they take off their makeup and they're all models. <laughs> like They're literally all very good looking people. So the whole premise makes absolutely no sense at all. The other bizarre thing about it is, although the prosthetics are very, very impressive, often it gives <laughs> the daters cross-eyed, uh, a cross-eyed, like they just look completely cross-eyed, whatever way it is positioned. So they just look incredibly silly and naff. They are all like Carousel, who we heard speaking there, mm. very uh, amped up and they spent half their time, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, they have these interstitial shots where they're just sort of dancing to music bizarrely. And really, they're just moving their hands because I guess they can't really <laughs> gyrate too much, lest anything fall off their face. And then they go on their dates and their dates are, uh, you know, like, listen, I like a good dating TV show. I love first dates. I like, you know, I get very involved. I want them to find love because it can be very charming. What's good about first dates is it brings people from all walks of life. There yeah. are different ages, different gender identities, sexualities, whatever. Right. And brings them all together. Here we have young straight people in their 20s wearing masks and they're all like hot. And then it just goes nowhere. <laughs> right. OK. Are they all white? They're the not all white. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, admittedly, they, they take the, the race aspect out of it completely and utterly. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's, as dating shows go, this one, I think, is basically designed for being shared on social media as GIFs or like as, as reaction videos or something like that. And I can't see it getting beyond 
anything mm. like that. Like, you'll watch the whole thing in an hour and a half and then I don't think you'll ever remember doing so. Uh, do they get to choose what animals they are? Or do they kind of, I don't want to be a bear or, or, <laughs> or a, you know, a shark or whatever. We don't know what involvement they get because when they arrive on screen, they've already been made up. We mm. only see the reveal afterwards. Oh, right. So we don't know what they look like until no, the end. we don't know what they look like until the end. Yeah. So they whittle away. So there's three dates. The first one gets whittled away and then that person gets their makeup removed and gets to return presumably hours later like there was the production here must be a lot of waiting around on set uh, to parade their beautiful face and say look what got away and then they go on a second date and pretty much the same thing happens again Right okay uh, Barry's texted in very helpfully to say a party motivator is basically an attractive woman paid to go to parties to make the party seem hip and happening I know because as a slightly overweight hairy man in my 40s I've never been able to land my dream job <laughs> never mind Barry James thanks a million for coming into us James Dempsey there uh, the three shows that we were talking about uh, today were Ted Lasso a new episode of season 2 streaming on every Friday on Apple TV Plus Masses of the Universe Revelation uh, the first half of season 1 is streaming now on Netflix uh, and as you heard there are Sexy Beasts all episodes of season 1 streaming now on Netflix but you know don't waste your time we'll take a break back in a couple of minutes Moncrief on News Talk brought to you by Avant Money think you're getting the best value from your bank think again Air Credit Card brought to you by Bank of Ireland in partnership with Aer Lingus whether you're buying your weekly basics or splurging on a special gift with Air Credit Card you'll collect Avios and unlock even more rewards the only credit card in Ireland that gives you travel rewards as you spend sign up now by searching Bank of Ireland Air Credit Card and go from tap to take off Bank of Ireland begin over 18s only acceptance criteria lending criteria terms and conditions apply subject to a monthly fee of €7.99 and annual government stamp duty of €30 Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland